Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals into the live Q&A with yours truly, where it's my heart and my mission to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. Hope you all are having an exceptional and amazing Sunday. Hope you all are doing well, strengthening your faith. No matter what's going on in our world today, I hope you're at your root systems in God. And for those who's watching me for the very first time, I want to welcome you all. Thank you so much. My name is Josh Wesley, also known as Coach Josh. And if you feel like, hey, this content that I offer you today or that you've seen recent my videos is a benefit to you and you want to add what I do um, to your repertoire for your spiritual development, feel free to subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff. I would love to play my role in God's will for your life to help you grow. And for those who's been watching with me for a very long time, whether it's two hours ago, two years ago, or if not 12 years ago, I want to say thank you all so much for watching and listening, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or you watch on YouTube, wherever you watch and listen, I just want to say thank you so much for the support. Let's go to the chat box and see who's all here and get right into the Q&A. And for those who's like, man, these videos are kind of long. All the timestamps of every question that I answer is in the comment section below. And there's links down there, too, for you to better understand what I do and what I offer you all. And Nick Charles, what's going on? Estella, what's going on? Treasure, what's going on? Amanda Winker, what's going on? Cookie Lola. What's going on, Crystal? Clues and Clousen. Hey, first time. Welcome, Crystal. We welcome you. Thank you for being a part of us. Very first time. We're glad to have you. Enoch, what's going on? Growing up with us. Great day from Baltimore. Thank you so much for watching. Chantel, hey, what's up? And Nick Charles, what do you think about what's going on in the world right now with this virus? Uh, my honest opinion about the virus is that I'm not concerned about it because of the vine that I'm connected to. I'm not worried about it because my connection is not of this world predominantly, it's predominantly of the world that's that's unseen. It's connected to God's kingdom. What my honest opinion about it is, I just think that it's best for you to just take care of your immune system and be discerning. Um, it's very important for us to walk by the spirit, walk by faith and not by sight, and to discern what 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 could be up the sleeve of the enemy against against people and and be and use common sense. Um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So therefore, do not get so caught up in, in fear. Make sure you walk in faith. And this is a great time to measure where your faith is, to measure where your foundation is, um, because I think this is a test run for something bigger. I'm not going to get into no conspiracy stuff. Um, I, I kind of keep that stuff off this channel. I keep it to myself and my those that I'm connected to. But I think the same spirit that makes things clear to me is the same spirit that makes things clear to you. But I know that these are the last uh we are in the phase of the last days, and I think it's paramount for you to know God for yourself, to make sure your roots are in him um, so that your leaf won't fade. I know this is a great opportunity for God to reveal to the world who his people is. So my first thing I will say is make sure you are led by the spirit of God. Uh, make sure you remove all distractions that's going to hinder you from going deep into things of God and prepare accordingly. Um, because I think it's this this is the time where it's no it's no longer what mama and mama and the women and the men of our faith back in the day were saying about the last times. It is here and you got to get ready. <clears throat> but I think it's a test run for something bigger. Um, but um, but uh, don't be worried. Um, don't be concerned. Um, those who have faith in God, I got a window open for a raven. I'm just, that's a metaphor. Um, God is my provider. God is my source and he's your source and provider as well. So be confident in Christ and, and do not be moved. And if you are moved, if you are anxious, if you are afraid, um, that should give you um, signs that your faith is not in God. And this is where you should remove all distractions and go deeper and, and develop <clears throat> a root system in him. So that that when you're going forward, you can sleep at night and you won't be moved. So those are my thoughts for this channel for me to be able to share 
Um, but the same spirit that 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 is uh, that leads me through discernment, the same spirit that lets you know what you need to do and how to prepare. Um, but don't be worried about this. Um, um, it's just nothing to be worried about. Um, stay focused. If you're on assignment for God, stay on that assignment and you should be all right. But I think it's something darker and deeper to it. And I think this is what the Bible says is the ushering in of of certain things. But I'll keep that to myself off this channel for sure. Jessica, what's going on? Shantae, was Columbus, Ohio in the building? Sheena Webster, what's going on? Ava C, <clears throat> what's going on? Sassy Saint says, what if your child is toxic or what if your child is a teenager is toxic and drains your spirit in raising them? Um, great question. Um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I would not I would not fight with that teenager. Um, first off, that teenager is going through probably some chemical imbalances, um, is going through growth, is going through puberty, is going through a lot of different things. And this is where the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into the truthful way to apply um, parenting, modify for this child. Um, um, but you do not let the spirit that they may entertain drain you. Now, first off, that's your house. That's first things first. Uh, make it very clear to your son and daughter that this is my house. And as far as this house, we will serve the Lord. But make sure that you are serving the Lord. Make sure that you show and exhibiting patterns and habits that makes it very clear to them whose, whose house it is. Now, uh, um, most people um, don't understand the, the the back doors and open windows demons come through to anchor uh, dominance in a person's home. If 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 you are unaware of your uh, demand in Christ, if you're unaware of who you are in Christ as a daughter, as a son, as as a, as a, as an ambassador for the kingdom of God, as an authority bearer. And a power bearer, then then demons will come through your children. Demons will come through whoever and whomever um to control your home because they want to use whoever you're closest to. Use your emotions. Well, I don't want to be like that with them. No, 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 no. You got to reclaim your authority. Now, what this is what I would do. Um, what I would do today is to repent for any sins that you may be practicing that may make this demon in your son or daughter uh, feel as if they can uh, rule your house. Re and let, ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything in my heart that I need to repent of? Anything that I've been doing wrong that is that, that is that is hindering me from flowing in, in my authority uh, and, and making sure that I'm parenting my child the correct way? Um, then the Holy Spirit will let you know these are the things I need you to repent from. Now, Holy Spirit, renew my mind and how I should go forward as a parent in his home, walking in your authority. Holy Spirit will show you that as well. And also, you got to make sure that you do not allow that demonic spirit to rob you of your joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Right. <clears throat> and also making sure that you um, exercise your authority over any type of demonic spirit. Then it's what you do. Holy Spirit, show me what demons are in my house. And then when you find out what those demons are in your house, you go in your prayer closet and you come against those demonic spirits, get you some oil, anoint your house, clean your house out. And if the Holy Spirit say, hey, he's got this, he's got that, she's got this, she's got that in the house. You, by you being a parent, you say, listen, first you have a conversation with them. Ask the Holy Spirit to soften your son or daughter's heart so that when you have the conversation that they will flow in obedience. Because if when you on when you are in obedience with the Lord, everything that your Lord over will fall into that obedience because of the Spirit of God that will work in that child's heart. Then you make it very clear to them. First off, apologize for anything that you may have done to contribute to their behavior, whether it's just being overbearing, whether it's trying to live vicariously through them, whether it's just being overly emotional, whether it's be not trusting God to be the father in their home if the father's not there, and you apologize. Take them somewhere where they where they eat where they like to eat and just love on them, love on them 
love on it and then let them know going forward is how the Holy Spirit is going to lead this home. And then you begin to implement truths about the fear of God and how those who fear God and reverence God walk in wisdom because where God is not known, uh, rebellion is rampant. You see what I'm saying? Uh, any type of evil work is rampant because there's no anchor, no root system in that child's heart. Um, that lets them know that God, that God is really present and God is really real. And there are consequences when you do not follow in obedience with him. And, 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 and then the Holy Spirit will kind of lead you going forward, but do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Do not get an attitude with, don't go back and forth for him. Let, let joy run dominant because joy can override any toxic behavior and go in the favor of God, go in the wisdom of God, go in the joy of God and know that you have authority over that demonic spirit. But kindness, the Bible says, heaps coals of fire on a person's head, helps to renew their mind. If you keep going back and forth with them, his heart get hard, her heart get hard, your heart get hard, and then y'all got friction. But when you continuously with discipline show kindness to the child, show a new way of living towards a child, it will renew their mind while you implement and introduce God as the father and the Lord over that home, then over time you will see the change of the behavior. Three Bs you have to remember. When a child doesn't feel like they belong, they're going to believe what they want to believe. And when they believe what they want to believe, as they formulate in their mind, they start getting arrogant. Their behaviors will be according to their belief. But when you make your child feel like they belong through kindness, through love, through tender and tough love, <clears throat> then you can help shape their belief through the word of God. And as their beliefs begin to be shaped and when they begin to understand the fear and reverence of the Lord, then their behaviors will come accordingly to God's word. And then you'll see change in the house. That's my advice to you. Hope to help. Divine 15. Hey, coach, how do you make up your for past bad behaviors, especially as a cashier attitude and actions? Uh, first off, one thing that I operate in is that I have amnesia. I don't dwell on past sins. I don't dwell on past mistakes because of the grace of God that helps me and inspires me to go forward. That's why the Bible says grace and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. So that when you fall, grace and mercy picks you up and lets you know, let's go, let's go. Don't dwell on that last mistake. We're behind you <clears throat> because we know in life that you may fall. And when you fall, you'll fall on God's grace. You'll fall on God's mercy and they'll lift you up. And let you know to go forward, go forward. Now, if you fall and you roll around grace and mercy and you want to wallop in your sin, that's something different. But if you genuinely want to grow and mature, God's grace is sufficient for that. And it'll help you grow, help you mature. And what I love about making mistakes, I get an opportunity to assess the mistake, process the mistake, rebound from the mistake. And, and when I'm tested again, because I'm no longer, it's no longer going to be a temptation no more because I've learned my lesson. Now, when I'm tested again, I can pass the test because become, because behind every past test is, is growth. You see what I'm saying? So you don't have to worry about making up, just make new. Don't worry about making up from the past behavior because sometimes trying to make up from a past behavior, you almost subconsciously idolize that past mistake. Like I'm only doing this to try to make up. That's in the past. You make new. Don't make up, make new. Just say, you know what? I made a mistake. That's cool. God's grace is there. I'm going to make new habits, make new changes, and I'm going to make um, allow the Holy Spirit to continue to make me new without any hindrance, and I go forward. So if you made a mistake as a cashier or wherever you work, all you got to do is make new. When I go into this job, I'm going to be a newer person. Now, what you have to do practically is to assess what is contri what contributed to that mistake. 
What habits, what things was I practicing? Am I, am I, did I not get enough sleep? Am I eating improperly? Is there anything affecting me chemically down to the cells? Is there anything um, emotionally that has affected me? Depression, anxiety, or whatever, that's keeping me from, from, from flowing how I need to flow. That's why every time I make a mistake, I assess what all contributed to it. I change, I make changes where I need to make changes. And then when I'm in my new position, they will begin to, uh, to observe that over time, wow, this person is different from where they, or for who they was when they made the mistake. So first off, <clears throat> you got to assess, what did I do? What did I allow in my life to contribute to that mistake? I'm not going to try to make up for what I did because I was kind of, I would kind of to a degree idolize that mistake and make it more than what it needs to be. I'm going to practice amnesia because I have the grace of God and mercy of God that helps me to go forward. Because anytime you think too much about the past mistake, you'll make more mistakes or you'll idolize the mistake and then you'll only make better decisions based upon that. You do it because of the grace of God that's working on, that's working on your behalf and you go forward. Now, uh, uh, behavior is just one of those things that boils down to disciplines, that boils down to what you do often. If you change how you think, you will change what you say. If you change what you think, you will change the way you move. And if you change, once you change your mind, then you'll behave differently. So assess, adjust, and advance. It's that simple. Let's keep going. And you got to ask yourself, man, what are these, where are these attitudes coming from? Is it because of, of, of an emotional wound from my pops, from my mom, from an ex? What's causing me? Because attitudes come from some type of attack uh, to a degree. Uh, <clears throat> um, and so you just got to process those different things. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom on that. Mars Dej, what's going on? Center Patton, what's going on? Chantel, as believers, use wisdom without fear. That's right. That's it. Use wisdom without fear. That's nothing to be afraid of. You got God's wisdom no matter where you are. And he foresaw this happening before you was even formed in your mother's room. So trust him and he'll guide you. But if you want to trust in your own ability, then you're going to get caught up in fear and then you're going to waste money, waste time, waste all these different things and come to find out you did more than what you needed. Because there's some parts that God wants to do that you can't do. Enoch says, hey, coach. Uh, oh, Kizzy Lolo, what's going on? Hey, chief, what's going on, family? Enoch says, hey, coach, does a part of being a Christian mean that we must never get sad, depressed, or even mad, especially having the Holy Spirit? I hope I'm making, you making total sense, Enoch. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. There are natural emotions that occur in a person's life as they, uh, as they, face things. On the Bible, it's very clear. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be disappointed, but do not sin from that. Facts always must precede feelings. You must observe the facts behind the feelings and it, the, because feelings will flow you into sin. Facts will keep you out of sin. See what I'm saying? <clears throat> what most people do is they allow their feelings to last longer than they should. They, ne they don't know how to cast down vain imaginations. They, they allow their feel feelings to dominate them. Uh, and, and what happens is it, it, feelings, when you dwell on them too long, will have you flowing into sinful habits, validating them for a period of time. And in that period of time occur consequences that cause you to be in cycles, that cause you to be uh, uh, delayed from the destiny that you want to embark in or the things you desire to have. So the best thing is, is to understand when I'm sad, when I'm angry, what must I do with that emotion? I must find the facts. I always tell people, grab a sheet of paper, grab a napkin, grab a pen, grab a pencil. And as soon as you feel something, whether you feel now there's key things you said, depress is not, it's not an emotion from God. Um, 
that depression is a byproduct of overdwelling on sadness. See, depression means there's a deep press, that something has deeply pressed into your soul. Chances are it was some form of disappointment. Now, other depression with this chemical base, it could be just boiled down to food. I found that magnesium is very good that most people who are experiencing depression and whatnot is due to a lack of uh, magnesium. So some people's depressed chemically because of a bad of a bad diet. And so what they do is they try to give you more chemicals to make you whatever, whatever, depending on this and this, that you don't overcome just basic uh, lack of nutrients. You see what I'm saying? Um, so look into magnesium for depression. But when it comes to like sadness, then I overdose on magnesium. Magnesium got to be, got to make sure you take your right amount. But what I'm saying is, is that many people uh, uh, look as if these feelings are so valid that I have to flow with them. No, you just simply say, okay, why am I sad? What does the word of God say about what I'm sad about? What does the word of God say about what I'm angry about? Is it even really because when you allow emotions to run rampant, it clogs your judgment, it clouds your judgment, and it keeps you from seeing it for what it really is. And you're like, I'm really mad about that. Some things that we are depressed over was conceived by something that we could have overcame in a matter of minutes. So get a sheet of paper, write down why you're angry, process it. And then as you see the facts, and as you see the word of God in comparison to it, you will have a greater chance of rebounding than just going with the emotions, going with the emotions and flowing with them. So it is completely normal and okay <clears throat> um, for a believer to be sad or angry. But the word of God is very clear. Do not be angry. Be angry, but sin not. Now, how does a person sin from emotion? When they allow those emotions to make them feel what they feel validated and they start acting accordingly. Like, I'm not going to forgive that person. I'm going to walk in resentment. I'm not going to. And what most people do is they have they know what the word of God says about it. But because of their idolatrous condition and because of their desire for company and 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 and, and just moping. And, and not want to be disciplined with their emotions, they let the stuff stay there versus doing what the word of God said. The Bible says, do not let the sun go down in your wrath. You got until the sun goes down to deal with it. Before you make deals, before you do whatever, you deal with every emotion immediately. And I promise you, the more you practice that, you will begin to see those emotions not really bothering you as much. Yeah, you're making total sense. So it's okay. It's okay. But do not sin from that. So sit with that emotion, process that emotion, but do not act from that emotion and, and, and operate and trust that the Holy Spirit will do his part to help you overcome. Nick Antoine says, how do you know if someone is meant to be in your life? Great question. Um, <clears throat> there are seasonal people and then there's uh, uh, um, people that's going to be with you for life. Uh, only the Holy Spirit knows. And what you have to understand is, is that you have to make sure that you are, uh, 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 make sure that God is in his rightful place in your life as your friend, um, because you never know who's going to come and go. Uh, uh, usually for most people, time proves. Um, there are some Jonathans out there. There are some Elishas up there, out there. There are some people that's going to be with you to the end, but time only proves that. So don't get so caught up in, in who's going to come and who's going to go. Just make sure who make sure you know and are aware of the one that was sent and the Holy Spirit that has put that has that has been in, um, uh, 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 placed in your life and, and get to know him <clears throat> because it'll keep you from desperately needing uh, the friendship or the love of a person like right now. 
I'm not, my wife is not higher than the Holy Spirit in my life. And that's important because if she is more to me than the Holy Spirit, we don't know what time. I know, I know my wife's great. I'm just sitting there saying any, but then you, then I will start putting false expectations on her. Then I will become more of a burden to her because now she's more than God to me. What you have to do is make sure God is always paramount, that God is always at the center of all your friendship relationships. And you got to be OK with anyone leaving because God is enough. It's, it's easier to let people go or allow people to leave your life when God's enough for you. But when God is not enough for you and you need God and them, see, see with God, there's no and. All I need is God. And if, if, I, if, I, if God is in the midst of whatever it is, then I'm OK. But if that person, friend, foe, whoever decides to leave, you will be, you're a human. You're going to feel what you got to feel. But you know, I still got God who will never leave. So time is probably the only thing that really reveals to you who's who's a Jonathan, who's an Elisha. Jonathan is a person that was a very good friend of David. Elisha, Elisha was sent to be the armor bearer or to be the person to walk with Elijah. So there's two types of people that you're going to have. Um, that are genuine friends, genuine supporters, but only time reveals. Now, this is how you know if someone's not meant to be in your life. This is how when there are leeches, when people are when people are leeches, you they get more out of the friendship than you. L I they they are only around you because of your ideas. F they only they are they uh they're only around you because of your favor. And E, uh, what's a good word for E? Um, um, they're just there to uh uh, sent by the enemy to destroy you. Uh, leeches, there for your ideas, there only because of your favor and sent to you by the enemy. And you'll know if they're sent to you by the enemy by 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 discernment. Some people um, don't even know that they're sent by the enemy, but but you will know when the Holy Spirit says, don't trust that person. Even Jesus said, I think it's in John or Luke, he says he didn't entrust himself to everyone because he knew the hearts of everyone and he knew that not everyone could be trusted. And some people are not able to bear your anointing, to bear your calling, to bear who you are. You got to be okay with that, my friend. Hope that God bless you too. Make sure you let me know, Andrea, about how's everything going in the army. Or not, I'm sorry, Air Force. I don't want no smoke. Um, I, I, people get mad about that now. All right, let's keep going. <clears throat> uh, all right, here we go. God bless you too. Trey says, what's your thoughts on someone texting you every day that all of a sudden just disappear for like 48 hours out of the blue? You guys are talking, uh, you guys are talking, not dating and live. You guys are talking and not dating and live on different sides of the U.S. Listen, um, your, you have to understand that your time is valuable. You have to understand that you are valuable. When you do, when you are not aware that you are valuable, you won't respect your time. If you don't respect your time, then you will put too much reverence on that individual. And so, if a person, a per, people, people are people of habits, and when habits change, then then you really see the character of a person. If a person, that's why I tell guys and I tell girls, don't start something that you can't commit to. Don't keep texting a person and make it a daily day, a day to day thing. And then you can't be committed at do what you are able to commit to do what's wise, do what's do what's uh, smart between uh, uh, opposite sex or just talking, uh, do what's wise. But most people, they just they just go hard in the beginning and they realize they went too hard because what happens is people get so caught up in you. They get so consumed with the idea of you. Then when they meet the individual, you, they realize, you know what? It's not meant for me to be intertwined with this individual. And they bounce. That's OK. That's why going forward, you make sure you realize that a lot of people 
uh, are living their lives with false ideologies about the idea of love, false ideologies about the idea of relationships so that when they meet you, they're coming in hot. See what I'm saying? They're coming in hot. They're coming in hot. They're coming in heavy. And, and because the idea of you is, is the climate of their mind. The idea of you is what's leading them. But when they meet the real you, then they begin to realize it's not really what I want. And what happens is guys go hard until they realize that you won't be used to make them. You know what I'm trying to say. And when you start having your standards and bounds, then people bounce because people go hard based upon what they want out of the relationship. If they're sent by God and they know that you're there and they and, and they, they there's something about y'all, then they will endure you as an individual. See, my wife has the grace for me. I have the grace for her. Early on, I knew there was, it doesn't matter who was interested in me. I know for a fact that not everybody can tolerate me. You see what I'm saying? Because when people was drawn, girls may have been drawn to me because of who I was as Coach Josh, may have been drawn to me by my anointing, but me as an individual, me as a human may be too much for some people to deal with. So I, I learned beforehand that, that I need someone that God has for me because God, whoever God has for me has the grace for me is able to uh, uh, bear the bear the, the 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 challenges of me, the changes of me, the curiosities of me, the creativity of me. They're able to uh, be through the compassion of the Holy Spirit. They're able to uh, uh, um, enjoy me, embrace me, and 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 have grace and patience for me. And not everybody has it. Only the person that God has for you truly has the grace for you. Everybody else will try but they may fail over time. And so when you realize that people come in hot early in a relationship, they text you every day and all of a sudden y'all have that conversation about standards and boundaries and goals and aspirations and commitments to purity, then all of a sudden people disappear. Let them disappear. And even if they reappear, don't forget why they disappeared. Because sometimes they'll reappear because they, they went out to the fish in the pond and realized that you were unique and different and try to come back. But you should have never left. You see what I'm saying? And, and so... That's my advice to you is that let them disappear. And as they disappear, you just look at your value. Like, Do not allow the actions of someone else to determine your value. Just because somebody rejects you doesn't mean that your value should change. A million dollar painting is still a million dollar painting, even if it's overlooked a million times. The value of something never changes. It's the perception of value. When someone sees real value in you, they ain't going to leave you. But when people see value based upon what they want out of you, they're not going to be satisfied and they're going to bounce and they're going to leave. But people who love you for you and they really see your value in a genuine way, they're not going to let you go. So let them disappear and do not get in fear and, and, and do not and do not try to peek over and see it. it let them go, let them, whatever, and learn from this, knowing that we live in a world that people are drawn to you for many reasons, but don't get caught up in that. And so 48 hours is too long, my friend, especially if it's something for two days, uh, uh, unless they got, you know, unless something happened in life. Um, but if they do come back and there's a real reason why they was going 48 hours, then, then you hear what they got to say. But at the end of the day, Holy Spirit, what's up with this guy? What's up with this girl? And Holy Spirit be like, move on. Don't even worry about it. Hope to help. Sweet P says, good evening. Good evening, Sweet P. How to explain to your children how they cannot spend time with their father who is not a man of God and I'm concerned about his immoral influence. Um, continue to reveal to them. First off, um, um, ask the Holy Spirit, what are the limits? Because one thing you do not want to do is keep them, uh, how can I put it? 
Um, the Holy Spirit will find a way to put boundaries to protect your children. Let's put it that way. And however the Holy Spirit leads you into um, their interaction, the Holy Spirit will give you guidance to that. Uh, but my advice on the other end is this, is never talk negative about their father um, because, because kids are at a certain age, especially late to late preteens or teenage years, there's a natural chemical desire to be around testosterone, especially with young girls. And, and that's why young girls are gravitated to men. And that's why things happen, unfortunately, to some young ladies because they're just naturally drawn at that point in their life. Um, so always make it very clear. But but it's hard for a kid to grasp what you say if you're not making it clear who their heavenly father is. When you reveal who their heavenly father is and that he's a uh, uh, that he's a present help, that he loves them, that that he's that 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 your father's going through whatever, whatever, but your heavenly father's there to support. It'll make it easier for the transition for you to communicate why their negative, his negative influence does not line up with God's intent for their life. If they have nothing to compare it to, then they're going to they're gonna only compare what you say about him versus what he says about himself. But if you have the word of God and the person of God and the attributes of God as an anchor route where they can compare, you know what? My father is not living according to God and my heart is to please God because I'm taught that God is to be reverenced and to be feared and to be loved and to be enjoyed and that he is a father. Then they'll have something to compare to because the Holy Spirit will only point them to the word of God that you placed in them. And the Holy Spirit will make it reveal to them that this is just not right and that even when their father is around then they'll, they will have a conviction now because they've grown into companionship. The, the, the level of conviction is at a, at a level of a conviction to a degree is based upon your level of companionship. The more you engage God, the stronger the convictions are, the stronger your stance is, the stronger your reverence is. And as a child grows up with that, it doesn't matter what male or female or person comes in their life. They're not going to be moved because they have a great root system. Uh, and so, that's that that advice I think is the best I can give you. And everything else must be led by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows the nuances of your situation. Let's keep going. Jessica says, How do I know that God wants me to hold on to someone that I believe they are my husband, even if they don't want me? I know that God works in the impossible, even though it doesn't look like it. Um, let it go. <clears throat> because the more you consume yourself with it, the more you will idolize the situation. And what I mean by that is this. Uh, um, don't worry about who wants you and doesn't want you at the moment because God wants you. You see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, anytime you, let me put it this way. Um, anything that doesn't want to hold you, don't hold it. Is that simple? Um, don't even waste your emotions because what you're doing is you're allowing your natural nurturing ability to nurture someone or nurture the idea of someone that is neglecting you. That is distance himself from you. So you got to channel that energy into nurturing yourself. It is by as a default setting of every woman is the ability to nurture. And sometimes women nurture men and that nurturing ability, it, it, it attracts boys. Hear me closely. A lot of boys grew up without, without moms or a lot of boys was overly raised by their moms. So they're attracted to women that are nurturing like their mother. And so you got to be very careful that you don't allow that nurturing attribute of yourself to be on your sleeve as an aroma as a fragrance that attracts little boys to be around you. What I mean by little boys, I'm talking about boys, men with boy minds, because what they'll do, they'll stay in your house, they'll stay in your apartment, they'll drive your car, they'll, 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 they'll eat your food, uh, and, and they'll want they want to be nurtured by you. And so what you need to do is make sure that that nurturing ability is reserved uh, and that love and all those wife type um, 
uh, assets are reserved for marriage. But when a person is not interested in you, that's when your interest stops. And you channel that interest back into the one that's interested in you always, and that's God himself. So God, let God work in the impossible. Don't worry about it because the more you begin to wonder if God's going to work this out, you will idolize to a degree that when God, if this wasn't even of God for you, you will get mad at God. It happens all the time. We don't even know what God really wants for us. We, we, we camouflage our feelings into making us feel this is of God, but it really isn't of God. It's just it's what we just really want. And we put God's stamp on it. The danger of that is, is that God is not going to give you what you think that God wants to give you. God's going to give you what he has for you based upon your level of growth and maturity and according, also according to his will. And so what God doesn't want you to do is overly think about this guy, because how many of us have been guilty of thinking that someone was the one for them? Happened to me before, and I'm not even married to that person, thank God. You see what I'm saying? And so what happens is we as a babes in Christ cannot trust cannot trust our, our, our discernment because we're young. The more you grow in God, you won't even exhibit these, some type of these desires. And, and it's okay to be a babe. It's okay to be, I'm not saying you, but you have to understand where am I spiritually? Do I really know what the will of God is? Is this really just my emotion? Is this really just my desire? Am I making this more than what I need to make it? Because if that man's an interest in you, your interest must stop today. And you must rechannel that interest, that energy back into you, back into the will of God and grow accordingly. Um, so don't worry about if he wants you because you'll start thinking too much about that. And then, then, then you'll, you'll make an idol out of it. And then your, your emotions will be like this. Every move he makes, you're like this. You're on his page longer than you need to be. You wondering about what he's doing and you waiting on God and God's like, man, don't worry about that guy. Cause that guy might not even be for you. God probably has him distracted, uh, looking away from you so that you can look at God and know what he wants you to look at. Hope that helps. Christine says, is it true when the rapture happens, people can no longer accept the Lord after that. Um, I ain't, I ain't researched that in a long time. I know there's a thousand years or so, whatever, whatever. I'm not sure. I'm not going to try to make up stuff. I, I think I know the answer, but I'm not very clear about the answer. Um, so that's it for that. I can't I can't go back. I can't even think. I, I, just look it up. It's in the Bible for sure. Hoop Talk says, is your calling uncomfortable at first? Extremely. Actually, your calling is uncomfortable in a lot. Of, it's going to be uncomfortable probably all days of life. And please forgive me about that, Christina. Don't, don't, I don't want you to feel like I just passed you over that. I just, I, my mind, my mind is not, is not taking me to a place that remembers. And so I don't want um, uh, to just give you something and not be the truth. Um, but definitely research it. It's in the Bible for sure. I think there's a thousand years or something like that, or in the tribulation. I'm not sure. I'm not even gonna try to try it. Um, um, but if I find out, I may I may add it to another video for you. But definitely research it. It's definitely in the Word of God. Is your calling uncomfortable at first? Extremely uncomfortable, um, and it's going to be uncomfortable to a lot of periods of your walk with God, and and it's going to be uncomfortable because. Uh, because anything that God wants you to do is going to challenge your insecurities. It's going to challenge your confidence. It's going to challenge your faith. Because if God, if God gave us human size uh, things to do, then we won't rely on Him. God always give us God size things to do so that He can be in the midst of it. 
It's going to be uncomfortable because you're going from a place of familiarity into a place of faith. Faith is very uncomfortable because you got to walk by what you don't see. Like right now, everybody's watching what's going on with the virus. They're watching what's going on. And so if you get so caught up in what you see, your sight will blind your faith. You got to anchor yourself into seeing what it can't be seen, seeing what is not seen and trusting what the word of God says. But your calling is going to be uncomfortable a lot of times as you walk with God, because you don't know how many layers of you is is not developed and not mature. And, and, and you'll see over time, wow, I really was a babe or wow, I really wasn't. I really am not who I thought I was. Hope that helped. Yeah, it's definitely a, I think I said it's a test run. It definitely is a test run. Uh, no more Bronx, New York. Just ask for a prayer for my fellow military service members and for the world to keep us protected under those troubling times. Gotcha, Andre. I'll make sure I pray for you. Uh, Ava C. Hi, I tried with two witnesses to the opposite and now I believe I'm attracted to him. What do I do and what should I have done? I tried with two witnesses. What are you trying to say, Ava? I'm going to see if you added something else, Ava. What are you trying to say, Ava? I'm going to scroll down and see what you're trying to say. All right, Ava, let's see what you're trying to say. Did I pass you? All right. Hi, I tried with two witnesses. Well, either way, Either way, you got you to gotta make sure you process your attraction um, because sometimes attractions can be deadly. Sometimes attractions can, can cause you to be in a situation you don't need to. You got to always process your emotions, process your feelings and find the facts. Am I in idolatry? Have I been in my word? Have I been with God? Is God everything to me? Is God in the center of my life? Is there any type of... Um, idolatry? Is there any type of lust? If there, is there any type of, uh, of of immaturity in my life? Because if all those things are in your heart while you're attracted to that person, then chances are it's not God. Um, because it's not God's timing, at least. Because all those emotions could be the reasons why that person is so much to you and, 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 and it's too much for you to bear at this moment. So process why you're attracted to them and really look at your heart and say, is there any type of idolatry, any type of insecurity, any type of impatience, any type of impulsiveness? Because any of those dominant, rampant emotions in a person's heart will reveal to you that what you're attracted to you is probably not for you. And if it is for you, it's not at the time for you. And that you got to make the adjustments and focus on yourself and grow. Because it's not good to have attractions with those types of uh, uh, emotions involved. Hope that helped. He's not the man they think he is. God has revealed his awfulness in the deep level of his darkness. It, it, how to, do I keep the children safe without revealing what evil he has done? Um, the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, is a great, great helper. Um, what you do is you don't, because what you don't understand, what you need to understand is that children, if not properly taught, if not properly uh, if things are not properly explained to them, the enemy will use in their minds your opinion of their father as hate and they'll try to pin you as the enemy and make him the saint. And then all of a sudden they'll go and experience things with him and then they'll come back around talking about mama was right. But to avoid that from happening, you have to make sure you are speaking from love, not speaking from frustration, not speaking from hate towards him. 
and um and make sure that you reveal God into the equation so that when they begin to revere God and understand the things of God, they will begin to compare apples to oranges. They'll begin to pair the truth from the fake and they'll begin to, the Holy Spirit will help them make better decisions. But if you just come out the gate talking negative, come out the gate, whatever about the pops, then all of a sudden they're going to try to uh, uh, pop the lock and try to go after him. And then they'll be around him and suffer consequences from it. And it's just best to make it very clear from a loving place, but make sure you add with that clarity about their father, the, 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 the commandments in the character of God. So they'll be able to compare the two and the Holy Spirit will have something to work with in their heart. Last question. I got to go. How to break a generational curse? Great question. Um, first off, how to break a generational curse is first off, um, you have to have a desire for the generations after you. In order to break the, gen the what is trying to be passed down from the generations behind you, you have to have a burden for the generations that's before you. You have to always see one thing that keeps me or is keeping me from allowing anything that may have been passed habitually or in curse form through my father, mother, whatever that's trying to come through me is the scripture that says that a man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. See, my goal as a man and you as a woman is to ensure, I think you, I'm, apologies if you're not, but we as children of God should be, our mindset to be to leave an inheritance for our children's children. So when you care about your children's children, then you will change the way you act because you know that children emulate what they see their parents do. And so now you will be able to say, I do not want this lust, this pride, this ego, this type of attributes or character that, is, that was prominent in my family for generations to pass through because I care about leaving an inheritance. An inheritance is much more than just treasure and money. An inheritance is, 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 is a mindset. Inheritance is a way of thinking. Because if you change, if you if you implement new patterns of thought and those thought patterns lay out a path of your children to walk on your thoughts and your thinking patterns. And then over time, you will begin to see the mindset of God, the Christ mind from it in your children, keeping them from any type of new generational curse that may start with them. So the first thing you must do, you must have a burden for the generation before you. The generation that's coming before you, beyond you. And because if you care about your children, children, you will change the way you act because you know for a fact, I do not want this to be a part. First off, generational curses begins with mindsets. Understand that. Generational curses or poor habits, whatever begins with the mindset, the mindset of a mother, the mindset of a grandmother, a mindset of a great grandmother, the mindset of a great grandfather, the mindset of a grandfather, the mindset of a father passes down to the new generation's mindset. And so what happens is many people have been cemented in a mindset that was minded for years ago. But if you want to change and stop what you need to do, you have to repent for your sins. You have to break. You have to name them by name. And the best way to see what a generational curse is, is to examine your family. It's no coincidence that divorce that your grandmama got divorced, your mama got divorced, and now you having issues with your marriage. It's not a coincidence that your dad was into this. Now your, your grandfather was into it. And now you got issues with it at three o'clock in the morning. It's no coincidence. It's because demons are territorial. Demons love uh, 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 
um, generations because they know for a fact if I can lock this generation down with a certain type of uh, 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 issue, then then I have a greater chance of the other children. That's what happens with they why the doctors say, um, does your mom have diabetes? Does your dad have diabetes? Does your mom have heart disease? Because they ask that because they know if you grew up in a home with people with heart disease developing habits, diabetic developing habits, then you ate their food, you lived their life, you have their way of living, and you too have the same disease. It's not a chemical thing. It's just a uh, uh, to a degree, it's a chemical thing because of the foods you ate, but it's because of the habits. If you change the way you think, according to the word of God, you can change the way you live. And it begins with having a burden for the things of God yourself, endeavoring to change yourself in accordance to the word of God and implementing a way of thinking that that infuses the way you live. So that while the children see the way you live, they will formulate the same mindset you have that's anchored in the mind of Christ. And then they will begin to pass those truths down to their children's children. But you cannot just think about yourself. The reason why generational curses thrives in selfishness. People eat what they want to eat because they're selfish. And they make their kids eat it. People live the way they want to live because they're selfish and they, their kids watch it. But if you are a selfish person and you are a foresee or for, you have foresight and you care about your children's children, then you will start the process of renewing your mind in the things of God to make sure that your mind is seated in heavenly places, that you continue to think on things that are above because when you do that in your life, it will it will flow into your actual life. Then when your children see your life, they will see this is the life that I need to live because they see the fruit of your life. They see that you're always loving, always full of joy, got a bunch of self-control and it's tangible and they feel it. Then your kids will emulate that and go forward. Generational curses begins with the mindset. And when mindsets are cemented, lifestyles are accordings are in accordance to it. And then those who look upon your life because you are their first leaders, they glean from that and they take that with them. But you have the right through the Holy Spirit to break those demonic controls. So what I need for you to do is to repent for every sin that you may have done, contributed to the generation curse that was passed down to your front doorstep. You repent for those sins, ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind in those areas. And then if the Holy Spirit reveals to you that these are three or four or five demons that are that are trying to pigeonhole themselves in your family, you by the authority of, God, authority of God, you tell those demons where to go. I command you through the authority of Christ to loose my life in the name of Jesus. I'm going to live according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to his word. And I counsel your plots and schemes to my life. My children are covered. My children's children are covered. And I'm going to be the beacon of life that Christ wants me to be for my children to see. And when they see him be lifted up, they'll be drawn to him. And they will live a life according to him. And you stand on that and you live according to that, despite the frustrations you may feel. I hope to help. Love y'all. Um, hope this video was a blessing to you. I got all my books here. Let me make sure I get them out for you. Um, all my resources are online uh, for you to get, for you to help you with your life. This book right here, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Break Soul Ties and Strongholds. Uh, Ruth Strongholds, Book for Soul Ties, great free as a PDF copy on my website, imunplugged.com forward slash worksheets. Get that book there. The Purpose of Singleness, of course, is a book on singleness, how to become whole. Uh, are you whole or full of holes and how to become whole through the help of the Holy Ghost? And it talks about uh, how you can be whole as an individual. This book right here is my first children's book, as he says. That's me right there. My wife, 
and my homeboy, Mr. Mo, my principal, and uh, character of kids I created. It's a great resource for kids to really discover their art form, discover their purpose. And I have a ton of asiums in the back for them to really, little wise sayings, proverbial sayings for kids to really understand who they are in life. I'll read one to you so you can know what they're saying. Uh, one asium is, uh, how deep are your roots? Having a strong foundation is more important than bearing a ton of fruit. You only go as wide as your roots are deep. If your branches are wider than your roots are deep, then when storms come, you will be easily toppled. Dig down before you build up. Find the hidden stream before you show your obvious fruits. Just wise sayings for kids. Um, my book, Dating Prep, for those who want to date themselves in the love of their life. Great questions and resources for, for you all. Oh, I like this one right here. Um, it says, our family tree. What is your financial branch weak or strong? Is your spiritual branch weak or strong? All these questions comes from my card game, Dating Prep, that you can also get on my website as well. And the questions on, on here, on the back of these cards, actually in the book as well. Um, there's three questions, three types of questions, the cloud phase, the cement phase and the corporation phase. The cloud phase is just a simple phase of y'all just met. Cement is when relationships getting real. Corporation when y'all got something to build. And there's questions and there's also a double date question and also uh, for you to play this card game with the counselor, with the pastor, all that good stuff. My first book, Unplug, Top Things to Unplug From. Also, last but not least, my card game, A Fun Way to Memorize Scripture. It's called Memory Muscle. Um, not money, not muscle memory, but memory muscle. And it's a fun way to memorize scripture. Isaiah 55, 53, 5. Answers on the back. And there's ways to play with a group or with yourself. And so all the resources on my website as well. Um, ways to support every, any way that you want to support what I do. However, however the leadership award leads is on my website. If you want to give the support what I do here, uh, our mentoring program, books, card games, courses, all that stuff is available for you. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, there is no uh, fear has torment. Don't be afraid about what's going on. God is still in control and um, we use wisdom and walk in faith. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. My website's Iamunplugged.com. I'll write it in the, in the chat box for you. Iamunplugged.com. And everything you need to know about me is on that website. Love y'all. Uh, for those who watch for the first time, thank you for watching. Those who've been watching many times, thank you. Love you. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.